Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag NFL. Back to throw is Wilson. Well protected. Floats one up the seam at the goal line. Croft makes the catch. Turns. End zone. Touchdown. Tyler Croft from Zach Wilson. Play action. Bootleg out to the left. Zach Wilson flips it left. Tyler Croft makes the catch. Left sideline 10. He's at the 5. Front left pylon. Powers his way into the end zone. There's a jet touchdown. Zach Wilson, 9 of 11, 128 yards, two touchdowns. They beat the Jets 23-14, and Aaron Rodgers is on the broadcast saying nice things about Zach. Maybe not so nice about Zach's offensive line, but nice things about Zach. The plot, it's keep rolling in, PK. It's not Zach, it's Roy. (laughs) Roy? Rookie of year. (laughs) How many times are I going to tell you, look here with your haircut. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> you didn't say anything on Friday, though. I got it on Thursday. <laughs> Takes you so long to notice. Well, I try to keep my head down. That's been the success. <laughs> key, key to my success in life. I worked a weather guy in uh, Santa Barbara who used to say, HDMS, David, HDMS. Ooh, what's that, Phil? Head down, mouth shut. Said that right when the news director was going on a tirade in the newsroom. I can't keep my mouth shut, though. Pivoted and walked away. You can't do that. Not in this You can only half of Phil Mann's uh, (laughs) historic advice. In relation to Joe Mann? No. Rookie of year. How many times I got to say it? Now, I called it long before anybody else, but I ain't never looking for no credit, man. I'm telling you, I got a keen eye. And the eye, the ear, the heart, the nose... Especially the nose. And the right arm tells me. A superstar. Indianapolis Colts are going to get quarterback Carson Wentz and All-Pro guard Quentin Nelson back this weekend. They're going to get to practice on a limited basis after undergoing identical foot surgeries earlier this month. You may remember the prognosis was 5 to 12 weeks. An unusual combination if there ever was one. And it looks like they're both coming in on the short end of that. Much closer to 5 than 12. Okay, well, that was the prognosis, so they were right. Yeah, even they weren't sure they were going to be right, or they wouldn't have given us 5 to 12. Who's they? The medical people. Oh, how do you know they weren't right? They said 5 to 12, and they got it right. What are you talking about? They weren't sure. How can you speak for them? they said 12. Right. That's the end. of You never know how the body's going to respond. Makes sense to me. The Atlanta Falcons lost back of quarterback A.J. McCarron for the season. Torn ACL in his right knee. Titans head coach Mike Vrabel announced he's tested positive for COVID-19. He's isolating until he gets retested today. Titans held joint practices with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before their preseason game this past weekend, but no other coaches have tested positive yet. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Oregon and Oregon State became the first Power 5 schools to announce it can require proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test for people over the age of 12 to attend their football games. Those opting to show proof of a negative test result needed to be from within three days of the event. So you think that's a smart move? Sure. Me too. 
I think all important things, you should have to show proof of things. I'm with that. All important things yeah. show proof of things. Yeah, like when you get on a plane, you got to show an ID. Uh, you want to enter a bar and you got to be 21, you got to show an ID. Yeah, all that type of stuff. I'm all for it. Penn State AD Sandy Berber on Saturday said, The Big Ten feels like it's in a really good place. That's the Conference Explorers and Alliance with ACC and Pac-12. But that it continues to pay attention to what brings value beyond money. Bull crap. (laughs) Beat me to it. (laughs) The thing that there are conferences out there that could bring value from a monetary standpoint, particularly speaking about our TV contract and other TV revenues, Barbara said, the Big Ten really prides itself on being more than just an athletic conference in terms of our provost's get together. We share some library resources, some other academic resources. Oh, bloody freaking dog. (laughs) You go ahead and tell your library resources. You ever have anybody tell you, away from microphones and cameras, it really is unusual. These guys really are into the a- academics. They have to say that. People who don't work at those schools away from microphones say that. And I still find it hard to believe. I'm with you. Well, I find it hard to believe. But they like to tell you that. I no. want clean air. <laughs> and I'm for it. Meanwhile, your house can be polluted as long as mine is fine. <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz are going to open the 21-22 season October 20th when they welcome the Oklahoma City Thunder to Vivint Arena. The entire 82-game schedule was revealed Friday afternoon. An initial over-under win totals from the Caesar Sportsbook in Las Vegas put the Jazz at 51 and a half wins. That's tied for third most in the NBA. Lakers and Sixers also sitting at 51 and a half. The Nets are the big dog at 54-5. The defending champs, the Bucks at 53 and a half. Always a half, no pushes, PK. We're going to have winners and losers here. Does that feel about right? Not in NBA mode. Uh, 51 wins uh, in their third most. So, yeah, respective to everybody else, they should be in the mix. And this puts them in the mix. And in the mix is the best you're going to hope for because nobody's going to say you're a lock. Nobody's even going to say you're the lead dog. I don't care about that. Take in the mix. They are are viewed as uh, contenders. That's the point. Because they are contenders. So where they stand relative to the rest of the league, they should be considered contenders. That's what they believe they are. That's what they're building toward. That's why they had all these moves. That's why they're way over the luxury cap and all that stuff and got to pay an enormous check as of now. That could change, obviously. So all those things dictate that they're in the mix. And this, odds-wise, betting-wise, shows that those folks are in concert with what Jay-Z thinks and, and the ownership and that type of thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, that makes sense to me. Whether it's, you know, 51, 53, the mix will determine as we progress across, across the course of the season, whether it's 51, 55, but they'll be in that hunt, in yeah. that group. 
where one of these teams get everything to come together. All the role players fit together, the chemistry's awesome, the team stays healthy, and they rattle off 64 wins. Vegas isn't going to put that in uh, 64 there. seems really high. Anything else, you're in the mix. I don't look at teams that win 56 or 58 and think, boy, you're just going to batter people in the playoffs. I mean, they might end up doing it, but... It's August, and games are a ways off, but as of now, you're where you want to be. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. The Detroit Tigers' Miguel Cabrera becomes the 28th member of the 500 Home Run Club after accomplishing the feat in the Tigers' 5-3 win over the Toronto Blue Jays in 11 innings. 500. I know the water's been watered. The number's been watered down, and people cast an eye and all that at steroids and home run totals. But doesn't this one feel pretty legit, PK? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think 500 is a great number. 38-year-old Miguel Cabrera getting there. Start working on that Hall of Fame speech. Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, they're not going to the Hall of Fame. 18 straight losses beaten by the Braves 3-1. to Major League Baseball record is 21 straight. And the Braves, 13 straight wins on the road, 9 straight overall. They are surging in front and taking control of the National League East. Going well for yeah. the Braves right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Were they 13 and 2 in the last 15 or something? Yeah, and up five games on the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Phillies now. That's uh, five games in late August. That's, it's not done, but that's a it's a good place to be. I agreed. The Giants beat the A's 2 to 1. They do it again. Donovan Solano. Pinch hit Homer in the eighth inning. Two run shot. They beat the A's 2 to 1. They've got 80 wins now. First major league team to 80 wins. And they pick up a game on the Mets, who the or pick up a game on the Dodgers because the Mets handled the Dodgers easily seven to two. That ends a nine-game win streak for the Dodgers, so they sit two and a half games behind the Giants as those two duel it out. Yeah, yeah, the Giants, man. It kind of reminds me of uh, Bruce Bochy. He put up whoever he put up would get uh, get a pinch hit double when they needed it to clear the bases. Always the right decision. Travis Ishikawa, guys that you barely ever heard of, but came up there and did a thing. Mark, Marco Scudero and then they'd bring, uh, what is his name? Jeremy Affelt out of the bullpen to get a strikeout and then he'd go away for a couple of weeks. It seems like uh, what they got going here, Wade hits the home run on Saturday in the ninth, down one. Uh, Sunday in the eighth, down one. Maybe that's uh, set up for again, which would be just absolutely amazing. The Reds now have the last wild card berth. They win. The Phillies beat the Padres 7-4. The Reds pull in front of the Padres in the wild card race. And so Cincinnati getting it done. And, of course, that's the last spot because whoever doesn't win the Giants-Dodger battle will presumably be the home team in that wild card game. Bees blow out the Reno Aces 11-1. to Same two teams playing a doubleheader. No game Saturday, so they're going to make it up. 5 o'clock today at Smith's Ballpark. Get your tickets at slbs.com. You can listen to Steve Klauke with the call here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm really, I'm looking up, called up a jazz site, look at the schedule. Yeah. Single game tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. today. It says right on the top here. 
go time now that they got a schedule. Yeah. So that's uh, well, it's it's good for anybody. I mean, you can be trying to, uh, but if you want to see a specific o- opponent, especially if you root for the opposing team, or you got family coming in for Christmas. Yeah, any, you know when somebody's birthday is, and that's the reason you go. Whatever it is. Yeah. Angel star Mike Trout said he still aims to return to the lineup this season despite a lingering calf injury that has had him out since May 17th. I'm just trying to get back, Trout said. Obviously, we're running out of time here, but my main focus is to get back on the field no matter when it is. And the Athletics are proceeding with parallel paths, planning new ballparks in Oakland and Las Vegas. Team President Dave Cavall is planning another trip to Vegas soon, traveling there every couple of weeks, he said, to evaluate the options with that potential spot. Think it's going to come up with money for another dome stadium? Well, Dave, they want to play there. Dave they hope so. Yeah. <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. Another woulda, coulda, shoulda. RSL scores first, but gives up two late goals to the Colorado Rapids and loses. RSL. Had back-to-back wins, was going for a third straight, but couldn't make the Albert Rusnak goal stand up. One goal waved off, a penalty waved off, but two or three other glorious chances go unconverted as well. So they get beat by Colorado, who now, despite awful preseason predictions for the Rapids, is in third place in the Mm. West. You never can, Trell. The one thing I've noticed MLS preseason, you just don't know. And Doof Boy over there on the other side of the glass, we don't want him to travel because then he would miss midweek shows. And that's far more important to me than him we calling have some soccer. things no. that could make it so he could still do the show. No, no, no. They leave first thing in the morning. No. No, no, no. I know he wants to be a kid again and go on the road. That was all fun when we did it when we were younger. But oh, now we're, we're, we're too old for that. So, no. Keep it the way it is. It's the show. The show is the number one priority. Not your stupid soccer. That technology is only for PK. Apparently. Well, I don't take flights. Well, I might take different flights. No, you won't. You want to fly with the boys. That's the whole part of it. Be with the boys. Be out on the road. That's the fun part of it. Get out of town. I only fly with one other person when I fly commercial. And if that happens again, and I don't know whether it will, if it happened again, I might be on a charter anyway. So there you go. Then you wouldn't be able to control it either way. Right. And on the <laughs> charter, on the charter, I'd make it back, but I might miss the one going out. Ding, ding, ding. Demir Krylock plays in the MLS All-Star Game Wednesday. RSL is back at it in Vancouver on Sunday, although Demir will not be. He picked up another yellow card, so he'll be suspended. So that's Sunday night, their next game. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Kurt Cragthorpe will join us. He's covering Utah golf for Fairways Media and the Salt Lake Tribune. And he's at the Utah Open. Spent some time around Tony Romo. We will talk with him coming up at 8 o'clock. Tony Romo with a lot of football opinions. Mark Anderson, sports reporter for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, will join us at 9 o'clock. PK, how many different topics do you want to hit with him? There's a list. Well, he had a big interview with uh, Klyavkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12. They have a Vegas connection. Obviously, Mark's been in Vegas for a long, long time, and, and the commissioner worked in Vegas for many, many years, so he had that connection. And I saw that interview. Uh, the Review Journal printed it, and I read it. I read it to you. 
And then the route throughout the weekend, I think I saw it Friday morning, throughout the weekend, I saw it referenced by many, many other news organizations. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it on the air, but I know we talked about it off the air as far as uh, Pac-12 expansion, where Klyovkov said that uh, a lot of the teams and universities that you would expect to contact us have, which we assume would be the remaining Big 8 of the Big 12, and then also he said, plus the ones you'd be surprised by, which obviously just short antennas racing to the sky. You know, what does that mean? And, and so I, I haven't spoken to Mark yet, but I'm guessing that uh, based uh, putting uh, pieces together that he knows Klavkov better than most because he was uh, Klavkov was a prominent figure in Vegas for a number of years. And Mark Anderson has been with the Review Journal for as long as I've known him, which is 30 years. <laughs> he knows all things about the UNLV Rebels and the Mountain West. He's got this big Pac-12 piece, and we're going to have to ask him if Vegas will really pony up for a, another dome stadium and move another team from Oakland to Vegas. So. And the Pac-12 has a significant presence in Vegas. You know, they're never, I don't know if they'll tournament. ever invite UNLV. Conference football title game. It reminds me of... BYU with the Pac-12. I don't know if they'll ever invite them, but they certainly have a significant presence. presence because they play a bunch of their teams in probably all of their sports, and obviously football being the highest profile. Like, for instance, this year, they got five. So it's the same type of association. They may never have a formal association, but they certainly have a connection and a direct connection. And so, you know, it's important for them to keep the Vegas. And they want to go there. And I think it's a smart move uh, to establish there. That's where we're going to have all of our stuff. You don't necessarily need to have a team from Vegas. It doesn't matter. I don't think anybody cares. But you know, the conference basketball, the last couple of years, obviously, is, is, is an unusual situation. But they were building something in Vegas, especially compared. I covered Pac-10 back when in the form. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Absolutely. It's night and day. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they had the, the first tournament was in the Staples Center, and then I didn't even go to it, but the first one I went to was in Vegas, and the, which I think was the second year, and they have to, they've been building something. So Vegas is an important destination for those guys. You're going to have the Pac-12 tournament, obviously. You're going to have the Pac-12 title game. And the Vegas Bowl has been redone, so it's going to be Pac-12 versus SEC. And we're all expecting to see more of these early season football games, uh, like we're seeing BYU and Arizona this year. So again, Pac-12 team involved. So we'll talk about all of that with Mark Anderson, sports reporter for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, coming up at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The question of the day is next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. What would have to happen for Donovan Mitchell to win the NBA Most Valuable Player? He would have to go full on, I am the team now. I mean, (laughs) I don't see Donovan scoring 30 points a game on this team. Certainly capable of doing it. I'm not talking about capability. I know. I'm talking about role and system and what makes the Jazz successful. The Jazz aren't the type of team that get out of the way on a missed free throw so Russell Westbrook can get the rebound. (laughs) That's not exactly their philosophy. He could do it, but it wouldn't be good for the team, which is the whole idea behind being a most 
most valuable player. I don't think the MVP always goes to the most valuable player. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah. We're counting you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness here on the Zone Sports Network. Six days to the first college, no, five days to the first college football games. Southern, no. Southern Utah will be playing uh, at San Jose on the Week Zero Saturday games. That is correct. Ten days... To the U opener with Weber State and 12 days to BYU's opener. But suddenly, the season finale is in the news. We're taking them 12 games at a time, PK. Why? Well, that's Mel Kuyper said to. That's clearly the biggest game on BYU's schedule. <laughs> I see what you did there. Now that the rivalry games, you know. Well, I asked him rivalries. about that and he said, well, yeah, you're talking about the out of state game? Yeah. So. This is a huge game. I mean, it's a, the most prominent program on their schedule. Obviously, man. Mel Kuyper, draft guru. Oh, says, Mel, he's just an NFL college guy. Mel Kuyper says USC will clobber BYU. Why so disrespectful for a team coming off such a great season? Yeah. He just looked at them and basically said they so poo-poo. Old school right there. Uh, that quote's a couple years old. Well, last time the game was played. Uttered by the Ravens backup quarterback. Well, for now. We never going to lose it, don't they? They so poo-poo. <laughs> y'all, can tweet, y'all can tweet that. <laughs> y'all can tweet that. <laughs> I love Tyler Huntley. <laughs> I just thought he was just a great success story. Kid coming out of his element all the way across the country, stays here, graduates, plays well. Wins. Yeah. What a story, man. I think they should hold that up as they go out and recruit around the country, particularly far-flung places. Look what you can do here. Look what he did. This is a great story, you know. And he, and he got in trouble. He dropped that f bomb again in Oregon. It's bleeping embarrassing. Four Oregon straight, we lost. That's embarrassing. Yeah, excuse my language, but <laughs> okay, okay guys, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, thanks. Bye. I got that covering the team on the road. That only you can get on the road, as DJ would say. That uh, sitting there in that situation, that was his sophomore year. They went up to Eugene and got slaughtered. And they had lost four straight, as he said, and it was embarrassing. And it was embarrassing. He yeah. lost it for a moment. And I asked him, like in a week or two, I said, hey, man, did, did, did anybody uh, get, get with you? Anybody from the school? Yeah, I had three talks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he came, he wasn't the greatest interview. He became a little reluctant. There's one time uh, in this very building, there was uh, some event I mean, it may have been that April uh, with the state of the sport thing. And he had a young lady with him. He came up to me, and she was interested in getting into media, television, and all that. And he was there, and he looked so sharp. He looked like a million bucks. And he was asking me, and she was there, you know, how, what, what, what do you think? Uh, how, what should I be concentrating on as I was getting ready to, to, to move past the elective stuff and into my major? And I was just so impressed with him. And it was away from 
you know, football interview type. It yeah. was conversation. And I just enjoyed it. And it wasn't very long, but he came up to me in the building there and we were talking about it. And the young lady he had was very nice, lovely. And I don't know whatever happened, but I really root for a kid like Tyler Huntley to get out of his element down there in South Florida, come all the way over here and succeed and exceed, succeed extremely high. And then to go on undrafted and make the NFL. I'm a huge fan of Tyler Huntley's. And that's part of the rivalry. They so poo-poo. I mean, I don't know what that means. but uh, <laughs> I think know. we know what it means. I, I don't. I've never heard that expression. I know. Uh, and they'll never lose to them. It uh, puts the onus on the uh, Utes to carry that out. He was with Monson the other night, and he says, do you, do you think that they'll ever beat Utah again? I said, yeah. Of course they will. There's mm. no never in sports. I hate it when people say never. I just automatically go against never. Yeah, but after you're dead, it is never. <laughs> okay. And I don't know about you, well, guess, but I'm one day closer to death. Sure. Uh, despite well, your haircut, if, you look very young, but if still. You're, if you're going to keel over in the next week, then it's never. But you keep playing, stuff happens. I didn't think San Diego State was ever going to be UCLA. That seemed like never. And they finally got them. It's a big moment in your life, huh? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> was I it, enjoyed it. What does it mean now? <laughs> not much. Doesn't matter, but it's a football game. For three hours, I enjoyed it. You're right. It's not like people start mailing me checks. <laughs> it's not that. Uh, we get so worked up about this stuff. What does it mean down the line? <laughs> not much. But in the moment, it's fun. Uh, so, certainly they will. But I was surprised. You know, I got up Saturday morning and was going to uh, play some golf later that day. And so I went to the gym in the morning. And I was flicking around, and, and I heard Mel, and he was breaking down a Pac-12. That's what caught my eye, or ear, in this case, since it was radio, uh, that they're breaking down a Pac-12. And I'm always interested to see what national people say about the Pac-12, because you wonder how much knowledge they have about well, the Pac-12. And particularly he, he's a Baltimore guy, obviously. And so that's as East Coast as you can get. It's in the bottom of the Northeast Corridor, which, you know, you know, it's a few hours south of New York, but still all in that same area. And they had decent knowledge. They picked Devin Lloyd as a breakout player. A player, you, it's funny because a player that you haven't heard of that you will hear of. Now, certainly we've heard of Devin Lloyd. Yes. I but think around he's the, the best player in the state. Right. But around the conference and outside of this side of the country, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. they haven't heard of him. But they're gonna. Well, they should have by now because I think Mel Kiper. I, I give a pass because of last year, right? And Mel Kiper, I think, is evaluating this, saying he's probably a second day guy. But if things go right, he could be day one, round one. Now, maybe not. Maybe he ends up being. He certainly has the characteristics, right? You look at him, he screams, body size, NFL linebacker. So we've got way. some of the comments here. You would you would predict, right? Um, Eldon, you know, who cares what Mel says? Play the game. I um, care what Mel says. <laughs> Dave says, cons- He's Mel. Consider the source. I'm Let's considering the source. I, I That's am, why I am it's too. noteworthy. I am, and I'll get to why. Rick, because BYU is a JV team. Rick, you're just trying to hurt people, Rick. Come on, Rick. Larry, because everyone knows last year was a giant asterisk. Yes, BYU technically finished 11th. 
All it took was a once-in-every-100-year pandemic. They played a dozen garbage G5 teams. Boise State's garbage? They were that night. They lost their best player in a decade. That's why, Todd says. There's something to that. I think it comes down to Mel Kuyper analyzes a lot of these teams off the NFL guys on the roster. And SC's loaded with NFL guys right now. And BYU just sent a bunch of guys. And he thinks at best they're a year away. So the other day I was talking to somebody in the program. And he was telling me about, you know, they get a lot of NFL attention. People come through and... Mm-hmm. and and all that stuff. So they have people that deal with that. I mean, Kalani can't deal with everything, right, obviously. So they've got a bunch of people. Every every program has it. Right. So he's telling me that this one guy told him that uh, in the West, as far as just physical appearance, mm-hmm. what looks like an NFL player, depending on what position you're playing. So he's coming off, the, coming off the bus or coming out of the locker room mm-hmm. who just looks the part. Central casting, baby. Yeah. Yeah. He said that he was told by NFL people that BY of all the teams, and I don't know all the teams that they had looked over, but the, for this year, they had the second most physical appearance NFL look, second best of all the teams in the West. Now, had they seen both Oregon and USC? I don't know right. all the teams. Because those were the two I'm going to default to. All we're hearing is about Oregon landing all these four-star guys. And he said they were second best. And the number one team, which obviously lead me to believe, who's number one? He said for this season, NFL-wise, Sun Devils. Really? Yeah. Yes! Devils! Devils! Well, they're due. It's like every five or six years. <laughs> they, have, they win nine, ten games. Have your peak year. Yeah, and then, and then something happens. As I said, it's always something university. That's what the ASU stands for. <laughs> <laughs> always something university? Yeah, yeah. So just when you think, yeah, okay, now we got it, there's always something that gets in the way. That's the point of always something. Now, yeah. did you did you borrow that or did you come up with that on your own? Because if you came up with that on your own, oh, trademark. It's, it's been out there for oh, years. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, it's not, not anything new. Uh, so no, it's been that out ought there. to be in a T-shirt. Been out there for thirty years. Well, it's not a good thing; it's a negative thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a T-shirt Arizona so, fans yeah. are more likely to wear. Yeah. So, uh, so take that for what it's worth. I don't know what it's worth, but I'm just telling you what I was told. So, uh, and I haven't evaluated. I'm not an NFL talent evaluator. So, I wonder if that mm. refers to the size. Or the speed, because I, I got to say Notre Dame, Notre Dame coming out of the locker room. I don't know what game it was. I saw it, but Brian Kelly standing in front of that team, and just like wow, Notre Dame, Notre Dame coming out. You should big. see them coming out of they, mass. They are enormous. Obviously, lacking a little team speed, which is why you know they're getting beaten semifinals, not in finals. But that size is why they're in semifinals. But coming out of mass, yeah. When they're dressed up, they have mm-hmm. a big thing. They walk from the church, big sidewalk, over to the locker room. It's really cool. And people line up by the dozens deep 
to cheer them on as they walk from mass to the stadium. Everybody, the, the colleges have all these traditions, whatever they might be. You know, the NFL doesn't have it. The NFL has the game. Obviously, the game is far superior. But the traditions and all the stuff, and the, we've talked about that and all that pomp and pageantry and all those words. And one of the things Notre Dame, because they, 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 they usually, home games are uh, what, 3.30 their time? Uh, I guess they got that contract with what, NBC? Mm-hmm. So they're all set. And uh, so they just walk. They go to Mass in the morning and then walk across. It's very impressive. You can get If you're a Notre Dame fan, I wouldn't call myself a Notre Dame fan, but I would certainly call myself a Notre Dame follower. Growing up Catholic in the East, it's a big, big deal, Notre Dame. So I, I'm, I certainly watch them play for sure. So you heard this. <clears throat> I did not. I am curious the way the conversation around this goes. When Mel Kiper says beat USC – Quote, will clobber, close quote, BYU. That was the quote, yeah. Was the discussion more about BYU has fallen a long way or this USC team is loaded and is going to be annihilating people? No, it was a Pac-12 conversation. Right. So this is more about USC is loaded and going to annihilate people. They were talking about he was going back and forth. Mel was going back and forth with himself on who to pick to win the South. That was the conversation. And he said he wanted so very much to go with the Devils. And I think probably there's a little bias there because if you have any ESPN relationship that you were dealing with the NFL, you had a connection to Herm Edwards. And Herm, Herm Edwards is a lovable, likable dude. There's no doubt so about that. So he wants right? to pick his guy. That, that's my interpretation of, of it. You know, But, I mean, it has they could if, if they can get past all – losing these coaches and everything and the impending NCAA fraction infractions that are no doubt coming down the line uh, as far as that goes, then uh, if you can get pa- if they can get past it, I don't mean the voter, if the team can get past it, they've got a shot. And I don't know that they can. This is a highly unusual situation, losing coaches like this in training camp. Can't recall it ever happening. So obviously they're trying to lessen the penalty that awaits them. Mel was saying that he really wanted to pick him, but in the end, he did go with SC. And then once that conversation went went that direction, then it became all about SC. And his co-host was bringing up their schedule and talking about, obviously, they play Notre Dame. And this year, I think it's due to be played in uh, earlier because it's they play it earlier in the season in October when it's in South Bend, and then they push it back when they play at, in the Coliseum. And then it's reversed for Stanford. Right. Uh, the just, West Coast game's always Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about that schedule, and then the co-host obviously had the schedule up. And and plus they miss Oregon and Washington, right? Yeah, they yes. miss the Which two is, big I mean, is, I know. <laughs> Why did they set up a schedule so they miss those two in the same year? It's not brain surgery here. Those two's history versus Oregon State, Washington State history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the conference does itself no favors here. Now, well, maybe it does, though. I disagree. 
That's the one thing that's been hot. I disagree 100%. That's the one thing that's been holding them out is they haven't had a team with one or zero losses. So having them miss those two games does the conference a huge favor if SC can take care of business against these other teams because that's exactly what you want. You don't care how you get in as long as you get in. And so not having to play those two tough teams, which you assume one of them would be on the road, that would be a better advantage to get the opportunity to be undefeated. I just don't think it does any good to have to miss them both in the same. No, year. I think it does more. It should have been offset over no, eight years. No. You're going to miss everybody the same number of times. That so you so with that in mind, do it that way. Put your best foot forward. Give your pri- your primary teams the best opportunity, and that gives them the best opportunity. It's actually genius. You couldn't, you can't multiply the favors that it actually gives them. I think now that you've thought about it, you're on my side. It sounded good at the time, but as far as what they're trying to do for the playoff, absolutely. They should never have to play them. Miss them every year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait, wait till we get to 16 and 20 team leagues. If your big goal (laughs) is to get a team in the playoff, then do it. Rig it however you want. Yeah, and Klavkov, that's what he's been saying, that that's their big priority. And so they're going down that road. So the schedule was favorable, and then they were talking about, and then the co-host said, yeah, they have to play BYU at the end of the season. That's a potentially intriguing game. And then Mel responded emphatically, adamantly, unequivocally. They will clobber BYU. And I thought, that is complete and total disrespect for a rising Intermountain independent program. BYU is on the rise. They're like the Phoenix. Farmington High? Risen from the dead. Ah. Built out of nothing in nowhere, much like the very capital of Arizona. Into a thriving megalopolis. I don't think Bronco would appreciate the way you're characterizing the end of his regime. Who gives a crap about Bronco? You do. Bronco was sitting on a yacht somewhere. <laughs> he took the money and run. <laughs> a yacht in Charlottesville? No, you go a little east. They got this thing called the Atlantic the Ocean. The Atlantic Ocean. Much warmer. Virginia Beach, baby. I might add. So, Bronco? cares about Bronco. Mike says I'm not a BYU fan per se. I'll quit with the German. But it's French. But it's Mel <laughs> Kuyper you're talking about. It's Mel! He's simply Mel! You got Madonna, you got Rihanna, you got Mel! Very few people known by their first name. When you think of Mel, who else do you think of? Mel Kuyper. He's so famous now, they dropped the junior. Nobody says Mel Kuyper Jr. It's just Mel Kuyper. We know exactly. The junior has gotten lopped off. When we come back, more college football. And Kurt Kragdorp is on the way to talk pro football, covering Utah golf for Fairways Media and the Salt Lake Tribune. He was at the Utah Open. Tony Roman was there talking football and playing golf. Kurt's going to be here at the top of the hour. And Mark Anderson, sports reporter for the Las Vegas Review-Journal on his conversation with the Pac-12 commissioner at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. CBS Sports College football writer Chip Patterson. Three division championships in the last six years. Knocking on the door of the college football playoff before falling to Oregon. I think that we have to look at Kyle Whittingham's time in the Pac-12 and Utah's success, particularly over the last half decade or so, and say that they need to be on your short list of contenders just anytime you step in. I think Charlie Brewer is going to have a fantastic season. I think because of the improved play at the quarterback position, we can see Andy Ludwig's offense produce at a level more similar to what they were able to do in 2019 with Tyler Huntley. I don't think Utah's going to be undefeated, but I think that Utah can win the Pac-12 South in just doubling down on calling my shot, saying that they could take down Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK in the morning proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. So did you get in Kyle's ear and give him that advice? Kyle, don't play games with the starting quarterback this year. It's Weber State. No, I don't give him advice on football. <laughs> That's not football. <laughs> That's dealing with the media and fans. Okay, you're right. I can, I, I think you absolutely I, wouldn't give him advice on football. You absolutely would not do that. I know that. I can buy what you're saying, uh, but no, I did not uh, in this particular oh, case. Oh, because he really echoed you. I we, mean, we've he, talked about stuff over he the do, years. He doesn't want to dismiss Weber State. Number one, he just generally doesn't want to. Number two, obviously, he's got a history and a relationship with Jay, with Jay Hill, the head coach, and he doesn't want to embarrass him. But it's also clear, if you have to play games and disguise your <laughs> quarterback when you think you're one of the better teams in the Pac-12, if not the best, and he's been very upbeat, very bullish on what his team is capable of. It's not done until it's done, and he knows that as well as anyone. But he does open the door for all kinds of speculation about how good this team can be with his comments during this camp, which he could easily tamp down because he's closed the camp and none of us are seeing it. So if you're playing a Big Sky team, even the team that has been winning or sharing the Big Sky title year after year, I don't think, is there anybody left? Well, maybe there is with, with Mission. There might be somebody who played a year and didn't win the Big Sky title, but they got four in a row now. Yeah, I think even beyond that, I think Kyle Whittingham is one of the top most five secure coaches in the country in terms of job security. So he doesn't have to say anything that he doesn't want to say. He doesn't have to sell. A lot of times they've got to sell stuff to their fans, and to the administration. He does not have to do any of that. Mark Harlan is 100% behind Kyle Whittingham. That I know, literally know. And so when he speaks, he speaks from a feeling of his perception of truth as he sees it. Truth is it's not necessarily an absolute, unless it's a mathematical equation or some absolute fact you know, I stole this candy bar or whatever. Uh, the rest of it, a lot of gray area. It's truth as you see it. And this is what he says because this is what he sees and what he believes. And he doesn't have to sell anything because he's not worried about getting fired. He will retire as the University of Utah football coach. I'm about 90% sure and something that you can never be 100% sure of. Uh, so his job status is not in question. So he speaks highly because that's what he believes. I think he understands that as you look around. I mean, Ohio State announced their quarterback, and so CJ Stroud. It's it's 
it's somewhat routine now. Uh, CSU, or uh, not CSU, Colorado announced their quarterback. Now, a lot of that was because of an injury to another kid, so they're going with the younger guy, Lewis, because of the injury, but they've made it known this is our guy, right? So you go ahead and say it. In, pl- in many cases, we already know. I mean, uh, Clay Helton's not going to come out and make a statement because we already know it's Slovis. Uh, you know, at Oregon, they got a kid Thompson battling the kid Brown. And we'll see how it happens. Wilcox Garbers is our guy. We already know that. And they did do it when Troy Taylor was here. They announced uh, Tyler Huntley. The world did not end at that point when they announced it. So uh, go ahead. And I think in this situation this year, they should announce it. And I'm not sure what – I think BYU is going to announce it too, and it's going to be Jaron Hall. Uh, So – That'll that'll be the start. The, the thing about Utah is this year they're going to announce it, or they just put out the depth chart. If he doesn't announce it today, then they put out the depth chart on Thursday, one week ahead of the ball game. I can't guarantee you though that that announcement or that starter named will be the starter for BYU, and I'm not talking about injuries. Injuries obviously could change everything. They are, they're always there. Sure. They're always there. But I'm not talking no about that. I think it's legitimately close enough, from what I understand, it's legitimately close enough to where a guy Kyle's not lo- going to say we're a two-quarterback system. But a guy could lose a job in the Weaver State game? No, somebody could win the job. A fine line, but I get your point. You keep I going just, here's on the problem. Cam Rising because Bentley lost the, the job last year. He Bentley did not lose the job. Rising won the job. So it's going to be a two-quarterback system then? No. You can't win the job, I wouldn't think, getting in in the third quarter when the game's blown open. So they're going to have to play both quarterbacks in the first half for that to be true. I don't know that. And I, what's the difference? I don't think Weber is going to clear the bench in the second half, so it's not like you're going up, and they don't have that many guys. Their level, you don't have the yeah, same amount the, of guys. The, the pressure's still off. Whatever pressure there is at kickoff is off if you're up by five or six touchdowns in the second half. Well, yeah, but if that's, gonna, if that's the case, then then the, the guy won't lose. If he looks sharp, he's not going to lose his job. Yeah. Or go the third game then. If you don't like the second game, go the third game. Oh, I do like that. I like that a lot more. Okay. All right. If there is a... But it, I just don't think Kyle's going to let the second quarterback play meaningful snaps unless the first quarterback State. has I mean, failed what, to perform. What is a mean, meaningful snap? You should be able to turn around, hand it off, and pulverize those guys they're just just the level of difference there's a few guys there certainly on weber state who could play for utah byu no 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 question about weber state's put some guys in the nfl right so So we i'm I'm not this is the level of football this has nothing to do with weber state weber state is one of the best that the big sky has to offer and jay hill is one of the finest coaches i've ever been around and it doesn't matter i don't care what level so he's proven that. The product out on the field speaks for itself. But nevertheless, this is a high-quality caliber Pac-12 team. So maybe it's not the first, sec- uh, second game. If you don't want second game, fine. Third game, fourth game. When, I, I, because I, the point I'm making 
is it's legitimately close. That's more the point rather than who starts the second game or the third game. The point is it's legitimately, legitimately close. close. Yes. And there's a saying when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. But this is the exception to that saying. That saying might be true most of the time. Oh, I never and bought coaches, that. I never bought that expression. Coaches, Norm Chow did. <laughs> he he bought it, but this no, he, he, he bought it when they didn't have two good quarterbacks. That's the only time. That's the exception. Right. If you don't have two good quarterbacks, then that exception applies. And this is the exception. But I think that the Utah number of quality has two quarterbacks, quarterbacks since Norm Chow coached when he has said gone that way up. Yes, has gone way up. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, Kurt Cragthorpe. Covering Utah golf for Fairway Media and the Salt Lake Tribune. And Kurt was at the Utah Open with Tony Romo. So we will talk football and golf. Tony had plenty to say. We'll talk with Kurt next. Stay with us.